Welcome, fellow humans, to the Public and Permanent Podcast from IROC2.org, a collection of stories shared by you every week to help develop our digital consciousness, cultivating a productive, positive, and powerful global village. I am your host, Richard Gary. Let's go. Welcome back, fellow humans, to the Public and Permanent Podcast. I want to start off by thanking you and telling you how grateful I am that you would use a tool that eliminates space and time, connects you to over 7.5 billion people, and gives you unlimited access to information and entertainment. I want to thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Each time we're together, we're going to hear a new story or an experience. Some of our visits will be short, some of them will be long, and sometimes we're going to know who is giving us that story or that experience, and sometimes we won't. But today, Yeah, today we definitely know who's bringing us our experience. The human crossing the digital bridge to public and permanent today, her name is Diana Graber. And in a moment, you're going to hear all about her. Today will be an extended version of our program because of the coronavirus and the fact that so many of our lives have changed. Today is about finding that silver lining to help us build schedules, build communication, build balance with technology to help us grow as families and find the silver lining in a difficult situation. So let's go. I'm Diana Graber and I'm the author of Raising Humans in a Digital World, Helping Kids Build a Healthy Relationship with Technology. I also run CyberWise, which is our site for parents full of information. Our motto is no grown-up left behind. And then really where my heart lies is in cyber civics, which is teaching kids themselves how to be really great, ethical, smart, and productive digital citizens. So that's me. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's why you're perfect for today. Um, I mean, I think the title of your book basically says it all, Raising Humans <laughs> in a Digital World. I mean, that could not be more, it could not be more fitting oh, than man. right now, right? Got it. If, so we didn't, if we didn't have a digital world, think about how many kids would not be going to school yeah, right now. Exactly. I mean, this thing has totally turned everything upside down. And I was thinking about that yesterday because I'm such a big advocate usually of limiting screen time, but mm-hmm. I think have to all go easy on ourselves right now mm-hmm. um this is our kids only connection to their social life so number one and it's their only connection to their education if you're a parent and you have concerns about how much your child was already gaming and already using social media and now they have the added uh use of e-learning any thoughts on maybe creating a schedule like okay th- from this time to this time your school says it's learning time and then from this time to this time it's you know socialization we understand that's important you know from this time to this time you know this family time this is something we don't get all the time maybe we make the best of the, the situation and we have that time together and maybe that time is used talking about what they did <laughs> you know in school talking about what they did online so i just what would your thoughts be on that yeah so i think the age of the child is really important because this kind of um screen time limits that you set on a six-year-old is going to be very different than what you would do with a 14-year-old. Right. But in addition to schedule, I think it's really important to go into this thing with some agreements. Okay. Let's talk about that from day one. Like we agree that you need to use it for this and you need to use it to socialize with your friends. But we also agree that there's no screens at dinner time, like or meal times when we all sit down and eat and talk together. Right. Um, no screens when we go out and do things outside. You know, we need a little break from the day, the routine. And then there's nothing, you know, hopefully in the bedrooms at night after, you know, a certain hour that you've both agreed upon. So I think that we just need to set those limits still to help our kids because kids are not very good at setting limits for themselves. Yeah, excellent. And, you know, as you're saying that, I think, 
you know, as horrible as the situation is with coronavirus right now, a lot of people are kind of locked in, in the house together. And this may actually be, I don't want to call it a blessing in disguise, but it, it does bring an opportunity for that line of communication to open up and maybe set those boundaries that in the, the everyday life, you know, you were running our kids around to sports or they might have, you know, after school activities or you have work. I mean, there's so much going on, whereas now you're almost forced to have that time together. And so if you didn't have that structure, maybe, you know, to your point, it's a good time to to set that structure and, and set those ground rules. And, you know, change is never easy. You might get a little pushback. But if we're going to be under a situation where we're essentially under a quarantine or, you know, we're, we're asked to be staying home, while that change isn't easy, you can maybe perhaps use this to set a new routine and well, everything you just said, you know, nothing you at know, the dinner table. And yeah, you know, if we're looking for silver linings here. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> the, right. the other thing I was thinking about is number one, it's going to help parents understand the positive uses of technology because mm -hmm. we're certainly seeing them day one, right? Yep. But also it's going to help kids realize there's way more to life than their technology tools. And I think when we come out of this thing, kids are going to probably have a lot more appreciation for face-to-face -face communication and all the things they can do without technology. So I think in a weird way, it's going to bring both sides more towards people, you know? Um, and we just have to think about that going forward. You know, we each have to loosen up a little bit of our, all of our preconceived notions about technology. You know, a lot of parents don't know what certain apps their uh, their kids are using. And so this might be a great time while you're having that conversation at dinner. Besides, what did you learn in school today? Uh, what did you and your friends talk about today? What apps did you get on today? What did you post today? Is there anything that, you know, you'd want me to see? Is there uh, a new dance on TikTok if you are a parent who understands what that is? I just see that the time that we have together where we're literally almost forced to be together uh, might be a great way for parents to basically learn from their kids what is going on in their world. Um, for example, <laughs> they might hear, okay, boomer, what does that mean, right? <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because this is a really good time for adults to turn to their kids and say, can you show me what this is or how to do this? Or, you know, what the heck is TikTok and how do you record it? And, you know, just be curious about what they're doing because I think um, asking them to show you is really good, but also to be open-minded and curious. And maybe, you know, we'll learn some new tricks from them. So you're right. This is, we're stuck together now. Let's make the best of it. Ask questions. Be curious. Don't be judgmental. Um, Absolutely. I'm just going to break from the interview for a moment. If you're a parent with a teen or a tween and they're anywhere near you, have them listen to the two-second TikTok video I'm about to play. Engage their reaction. So, any reaction? If so, maybe ask your kids how they know that song. Do they know the dance that comes with that song? Are they following people on TikTok, or are they on TikTok as a producer? This is just another example of how we can use this time to get to know our kids better and what it is they're doing when we're not around online. All right, let's get back to my interview with Diana Graver. If a parent does approach their child and wants to talk to them about what kind of apps and things they're using and if they're hesitant to show them or they show a little discomfort for me you know if i ask uh, a, a kid to see their social media account not to be prying just because i'm curious and their reaction is 
a look of concern or nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, any parents listening, that mm-hmm. might be a red flag, right? <laughs> like, why will you not show me? And, and again, this isn't, this isn't, hey, you, you, I demand you show me everything. It's more about reading, reading the child. Well, exactly. Yeah. You're just on this for two hours with your friends and you're not willing to show me, but you just did it online in front of perhaps 7 billion people. So A quick break from the interview to elaborate on this point. It's fascinating to me how many people will take the time to lock their doors or shut their blinds. They do everything possible to make sure that nobody in that room, in that home, in that school, in that area is going to see what they're going to do. And then they'll go ahead and do something in front of a web camera or a digital camera and either share it or post it. And so... I guess the thought system that I would like you to think about and maybe ask your children or ask yourself is, why am I willing to close my blinds and lock my door? Because I don't want somebody to see what I'm going to do in my home, but I'm willing to put it on a platform or a tool that connects me to a platform that could instantly connect me to 7.5 billion people. All right, let's get back to my friend, Diana. That's a great question. And it makes me think back to my own kids. Um, when I've asked them that question and they're hesitant to like, let me see what they're doing on Snapchat or, and all that. And it's not necessarily that they're doing anything bad. Uh-huh. Sometimes they're doing things that they think we just won't understand. And, right. and they're right. Because it's like, sometimes when you look at something as an adult, it's out of context. Right. And you don't know all the things that preceded it, or you don't understand the secret language that teenagers or young adults have with each other right now. Same as we did when we were young. Absolutely. You know, but I said to my friends that my parents would say, what the heck are you talking about? Because they didn't know the whole story. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? It's just us as adults trying to give them a little grace. And, and boy, that judgment thing is really important to leave at the front door right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, there's one other thing that we haven't touched on, and it's something that I've, I've been thinking about a lot this week. But, um, you know, when kids are alone online, they're getting a lot of news. And a lot of parents, you probably talk about this when you go out there, and as do I, and parents are always surprised that Snapchat offers so much news to mm-hmm. young people. And, you know, on one hand, hey, it's great. Our kids are getting current events, but think about our current events right now. Yeah. They're super depressing. They're super scary. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of kids are consuming that information alone on their phones or whatever without context. Also, there's a lot of misinformation out there, which is really horrible. So more than ever, gosh, we have to see what our kids are seeing online and be able to explain it to them because there's already high anxiety with this younger age group. And I fear that, you know, consuming this constant stream of really scary news is just going to ramp that up. If I could, if I could give any advice right now, based on everything we've been talking about is that schedule and that communication, that check-in could not be more paramount. I mean, so just in the brief time we've talked, we've talked about one, talking about what they did in school. Maybe they can, you know, as parents, we can help our kids with what they did in school because they might be struggling with e-learning. This is not a a normal thing for most people. A quick personal story to illustrate the importance of this tip. Since this interview with Diana, my children, just like many of yours, had to go to e-learning and my daughter had to take a test. Well, my daughter knew the information for the test. The problem is she was implementing it the wrong way because she wasn't familiar with the platform and wound up failing. 
Now, thankfully, because we had a conversation, we were able to talk with her teacher. Actually, she talked to her teacher, and her teacher was kind enough to let her retake it after explaining the format and she wound up doing a lot better. But had we not had that check-in or that communication, I may have never known, and I never would have been able to guide her towards talking to her teacher to help correct the situation. So one, are we checking in? Two, what's going on in your social life? Again, it doesn't mean it's prying, it's just inquiring to, you know, some kids might find it awesome that their parents are taking an interest in what they do online. Hey, um, check out this TikTok dance. I mean, I don't think my kids will get me to do a TikTok dance because uh, <laughs> that would ruin the internet, to be quite honest. But yeah. learning about yeah, learning about what's important to them and why it's important to them. And then another great point that you just made was, what are your concerns about what are going on? Checking on them socially, emotionally, and being able to you know, have them show you what they're reading and what they're seeing, because you may be able to point out that, that that's, not, that's not exactly true. <laughs> Where did you hear that? The rapid and pervasive spread of fake news online. So switching gears, thinking about how much of an increase we have in screen time now that we're working, e-learning, plus our social behaviors that take place online. I think it's important we try and schedule some time offline as families or even as individuals. So I asked Diana about her thoughts on this. Just for our own sanity and for our own health, frankly, do you have any any thoughts or, or suggestions or activities that you might do that would promote getting outside or taking a, a break from, from the screen? Yeah, there's an activity that I do with the students, and I also describe it in my book, um, and it's about uh, helping kids maintain balance with their devices. And so the first thing I do is I have, and, I, and this is like around, you know, you can do this any, with really any age of child, but say, okay, I want you to sit down and I want you to think of, and in the classroom, we do 50 things, but you can make the number, whatever, you know, think of 50 things, offline activities that are, are on your bucket list. Like what are 50 things you would love to do that have nothing to do with technology? And so the kids, you know, they get super creative, you know, like, oh, I'd love to learn how to skateboard or finger paint or, you know, learn how to use a pogo stick, yeah. just crazy things, you know, it can be anything. And so they write that down. And then, you know, we go into our activity where we, we have kids kind of assess, you know, their day of how they spend it with technology. And then in school, I give them a homework assignment where they have to go 24 hours without looking at a screen. And so during that time, which is really hard for kids today, yeah. these kids do not know life before a screen. <laughs> right. Um, they're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I say, hey, this is when you look at your list, look at your bucket list and start checking them off, you know, do some of those things. And so it's kind of like a savior to these kids because they go and like, oh yeah, I wrote down that I want to do this. This is a great time to do that. So super simplistic, but it's what I've discovered doing this with actual children is, um, they're kind of at a loss of what to do when they don't have their screen. And they need a little help to get started. And I don't know if this will work right now because we sort of need our screens, but when I've done this with kids in the classroom, they come back after that 24 hours, kind of excited about the things they've done that they never really did before. Right. And a lot of them report that, God, I can't believe how relaxed I felt without my screen. I mean, that's, that's fascinating. And you're right, because of, because a lot of kids are e-learning, they won't be able to do it for 24 hours, but you know, maybe over the weekend, um, they do that, they do that, um, I don't want, you know, detox, if you will, for, for, for a day, or maybe we build into that schedule that we're trying to create. Um, hey, you know, 30 minutes, go, go walk the dog, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be the pogo stick. Although I'll be honest with you, I, I would love to try a pogo stick. I never really thought about that. Okay. Again, 
<laughs> As a public speaker, that might not be very wise. <laughs> it's so funny the things the kids come back and tell me they did for the first time. I mean, it's things that sound like, really, that's the first time you did that? Like yeah. one child had two younger siblings. She goes, you know what? I sat down and I played a game with my younger siblings. And that's the first time we've ever done that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. really? I mean, we. Uh, it's surprising to me, like things that we assume that's part of every child's childhood is not anymore because so many things are replaced by the screen. Right. So this gives them a chance to be creative and maybe do things away from the screen here and there. And I think right now we need to remember that um, if we we're going to take the screen away to give them an alternative um, and give them an alternative that they think they came up with themselves. That could not be more excellent. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly right. It's not about telling them, hey, go do this. Yeah. It's about, hey, well, let's let's think of some cool stuff we can do. If you're having a hard time thinking of some cool stuff you can do, here's some ideas. Have any old board games laying around? Lots of us forget about the boxes that are either in the basement or the closet. Or maybe you enjoy checkers or chess. Or maybe there's an old card game like Canasta. There's a lot of games out there that a lot of our kids won't even know exist, so it might be a great time to teach them. A quick word of warning though, if you're going to break out the old Monopoly board, it's best to set the family rules before you start. Do you have a closet? basement, garage that you just constantly look at and say, man, I need to clean this thing out. I don't know about you, but in our closet, we have boxes. And in these boxes, there are photos. Photos going back to before I was even born. Maybe sitting down as a family and going through some old photos, talking about your family tree. This could be a great way to bring your family together and remember some happier times, maybe even some less stressful times than we're all dealing with right now. You may also want to take these photos and digitize them because there are sites like Shutterfly where you can build incredible photo albums and that would be a great way for you to take all of the photos out of those boxes and put them into a format that would be easier for you to look at once in a while. And just so you know, we are not paid by Shutterfly. I just use them personally, and I think the service is great. But if anyone from Shutterfly is listening and you want to sponsor the program, don't hesitate to give me a shout. Another idea is to go for a walk, maybe a hike, or take that bike ride. You know, I have three dogs, which is part of the reason I had to do this podcast from a hotel. And those dogs, they don't get walked as often as they probably should because they run around the backyard. But... Taking those dogs for a walk might be a great way for you and your family to not only get some fresh air, but to also get some exercise, get your dogs some exercise, or your cats. I don't want to discriminate because let's face it, you can only look at the same walls for so often before you go a little crazy. Just be sure that you social distance while you're walking, biking, or hiking. And one more quick and easy idea is a puzzle. You'd be surprised how much fun you can have doing a puzzle as a family. Quick pro tip, always work the border and the corners first. I hope some of these tips were helpful and we'll be posting more on our website. More about that later. Let's get back to my interview with Diana Graber. I love it. I love it. So you call it the bucket list. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love it. Any, any, um, any bucket list item that comes off uh, something that you very memorable, like something that you were just like, wow, that, that was out there. Yeah, so there was one kid that came back and he said that he learned to make a cake all by himself. Like he was so excited about it. He's like, okay, I was in the kitchen all by myself and I made this, like he brought me a picture of it. Like he was so stoked. You know? <laughs> it was like so empowering. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, that was cool. And if you do have that kid that 
creates that cake, you know, or does go out and pogo stick or, hey, you know what, I'm going to train the dog to roll over, whatever it is. How cool would it be to maybe capture that digitally and then share that? You as a parent, if you have your kid's permission or if your kid wants to share it and they have your permission, share how you're getting through this coronavirus and use that technology. And that would be another awesome project you can do to, again, communicate with your kids and see the platforms they're using. And maybe they can even teach you how to set up an account to show the world how awesome you can be as a parent. Right. I think we all have a lot to learn right now from one another. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And I think kids are incredible with technology on the front end because they've grown up with it. And the same 13-year-old, you can put them in a car and they're going to tell you gas means go and they're going to tell you brake means stop and they're going to tell you that the wheel means turn and they get that. But there's a lot of wisdom that goes into operating an automobile and that wisdom is what a lot of parents have. They might not have the technical front end skills that their kids have to set up a social media platform or a network in the house, but they do have the wisdom to help guide them on how they can use those tools like a car to their advantage. And so, you know, my hope with with what's going on with the coronavirus and really why we moved this entire launch up and why I asked you to be our first guest today um, is really about helping parents create some sense of normalcy out of what is not normal and to help them not just use their technology for their own work and help their kids use technology for their school, but how they can use technology to really build maybe even a better relationship or a closer relationship or certainly a more open and communicative relationship. I hope that's what, if anyone's listening, is, is getting out of this today. And yeah, uh, agree. in full transparency, again, this was supposed to be a podcast that launched late spring. So we're going to work as fast as possible to get this out. So is there anything that you would like to, to say to the listeners out there who might be feeling overwhelmed or frustrated or lost right now as far as how, how to get through the next, <laughs> I wish I had a time frame for you. I know, exactly. Um, you know, I think I'll end with what I started with is just cut yourself some slack. This isn't easy for anybody. It's not even easy for our kids. So, you know, those screen time rules that we all adhere to before kind of go out the window and maybe make new rules and also give your kids a little grace because this is really tough for them too. Um, and remember that not all screen time is wasted. There's a lot of really awesome opportunities of, for learning and connecting with others online. And this is really a learning opportunity for us to recognize that. So just be easy on yourselves, be easy on your kids together. I think we can get through this and maybe learn some lessons from it. Well, Dana, um, I just want to thank you for your time during this this very trying and frustrating and frankly scary time. I, again, I, I wish you the best. Be well. Absolutely. And thank you for um, including me. I'm so honored to be your first guest and I'm such a fan of the work you do. So keep it up and any way we can support one another, I'm all in. Awesome. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, you take care. You too. Cheers. To learn more about Diana Graber and her incredible organizations, Cyber Civics and CyberWise, and to learn how you can get a copy of her book, Raising Humans in a Digital World, Helping Kids Build a Healthy Relationship with Technology, please visit the website at irock2org forward slash podcast and look for episode two. So let's review. First, it's important to have a schedule for your family when it comes to technology. This doesn't have to be granular or detailed, but it certainly should lay out when technology is permitted and when it's not. For example, not at the dinner table and not after a certain time at night. But as we deal with the coronavirus, things are quite crazy and there's probably a lot of anxiety in your home. So as Diana reminded us, having a little flexibility could probably go a long way. Second, communication is key. Checking in with your kids about their school day, 
checking in to see how their friends are doing. Ask them to show you what they did online besides e-learning. Maybe they want to show you a new dance or a new trend. Or maybe they want to show you a new game or a new score. Asking them how they're feeling about the current situation with the news and the coronavirus. And helping them to make sure that the news that they're receiving is actually accurate. And finally, we have to carve out some time together offline. Are you sitting down to a family meal? Are you carving out some time for a family game night or a walk? The point is, God willing, life pretty soon will get back to normal, whatever that is anymore. And when it does, usually people's schedules are pretty crazy. And I get that for sure. And my hope for a lot of families out there is that our time together gave us greater insight into each other's everyday lives, has opened new lines of communication, and maybe even helped you figure out who in your home is the best player of Monopoly. I just want to thank you all again for the privilege of your time. I also want to thank Diana Graber for the amazing work that she does and for her time today with this podcast. We also want to thank everybody who submitted a voicemail and email to be on the show. We are reviewing all of your stories and we will be in touch. If you like what you hear, please be sure to follow us and like us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can learn more about the podcast, including how you can leave us a voicemail or an email to be on the show where people can share ideas, thoughts, stories, and support, as well as learn more about some of our featured guests and downloadable documents and other information we'll be providing as the season continues. For all of this information and more, please visit our website at www.iron.com rock 2 i r o c the number 2.org forward slash podcast thank you all so much again for listening i look forward to telling you more stories and hearing your stories remember you're listening to this on a tool that connects you to billions of people so use that tool to be amazing be well friends cheers <laughs>